0: The review podcast. So,
1: attempt two at podcast. We're back. We're doing it again.
0: And this week we have a power-packed episode. <laughs> we uh, start with a little bit each week called What's Up With You?, no, no. Actually, it's uh, more like, "What's up with you?" So uh, let's start with Zach. What up, man? What's
1: up, dudes? Um, so Monday, um, today was. It started off with me playing music, at a venue. Uh, the starting time of our band's performance was twelve thirty a.m. I think it's the first time ever. I don't know. I don't know if on a Monday, like. Anyways, it's it's been a it's been a long so. Long day.
0: So you guys had a gig last night and didn't go on until
1: well, sing. We had a.m. Me and Eli were part of two bands, so we went on at uh, like ten o'clock and then oh. had to wait for the another band to finish. I day. didn't know we're that. Like, yeah, so I thought
0: Sing the body was um like so like you guys replaced it with this new band. What's the new band? Spooky couch. <laughs> nice.
1: Played a set this morning and it was just weird to everyone. I was looking around at everyone like. <laughs> why are you guys still here <laughs> is that what everyone else seemed like i mean you know towards the end like as the night goes on the crowd trickles out you know? but i mean it, did all the other bands stick around uh not all of them i mean some of them were there since eight o'clock which is understandable you know like sometimes you know you're there early you play early you don't want to stay that late it's a sunday night i get it but so by the time you were still playing who was left <laughs> Uh, I don't know about a good twenty people, and half of them were were the band. Or the band, the band yeah, and the people yeah. who work there. Yeah, but it was a, it was a good time, good show, good fun. I have fun uh, playing. I want to see Spooky Couch uh, next week Thursday at Downbeat Diner. Yeah, oh. you're gonna have to talk to his manager first, though.
0: Downbeat Diner is really cool. It's uh, it's got tons of vegetarian options and um, good bands are always playing there. Hell yeah. So, um, Joel?
2: Me? Um, I basically did the same thing Zach did. I gigged out this weekend, too. No, I went... (laughs) I went up, and I played music with my brother-in-law in in Puvikea for five hours. And then we had some issues with the interface, so we never got anything recorded. But we played, so that's a success, because I hardly ever get to play anymore. Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah, well, at least... Play with someone else, not just in my headphones in my room. I can't play loud or anything, so it's nice to be loud once in a while. I need that.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: Quiet little Joel, he needs to
0: let out. No, you're not quiet. You're not quiet. Super quiet. No, 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 no. You're kind of like boss man at
1: work, so. No. Know. If you notice, uh, this week we're we're talking a little bit differently. I think that's because we're we're wearing headphones this week. Last week, me and Joe didn't have headphones okay. on, therefore we were kind of like it's a
0: real podcast
1: or something. Yeah, it, it, mm. it, it, we sound different now. It's kind of weird. We don't have the pop filters though. Well, don't pop it.
2: I don't know how not to do it.
0: So, what what um what guitar are you playing these days? When you play? oh, I got a nice
2: nice imported Korean PRS. <laughs> hey, those some of those are really good. No, I actually I don't have any thing to knock on it Do you it know was what a the wood is
1: huh Do you know what the wood is i don't
2: know wow
1: oh. <laughs> it's a it's pro-
2: mahogany yeah probably um no it was on commission at our old store yeah i think that is a mahogany one, right yeah yeah but i remember they, i remember that one they already upgraded yeah. the tuners and a couple of the pickups and yeah. everything and then super i nice swapped one out and it's it's nice it's
0: light it's easy to super I like easy their to play neck. yeah yeah it's kind of a big thing mm-hmm um so how's it how's it going with your um, health and fitness that you have? Oh, at? I
2: took a slide the last couple of weeks, but I'm going to get back into it.
0: Yeah? <laughs> All right. I want to get to it in the first place. Hmm? Oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to follow over, suit.
2: Man. Get you doing some squats and some deadlifts. Oh, no, I'm
0: not talking about that. I was thinking something a little bit, you know, maybe like some yogurt or something. Yogurt? <laughs> yeah, some yogurt is supposed to be good Yogurt, yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> yoga
1: yogurt
0: yeah Mm. this week or i guess you know the last couple days have been pretty cool actually today was great um i went uh to my daughter's school amelie she was performing for um a talent show the talent show that they have in front of the whole school and she played ukulele and yeah she did really good. I mean, she um, what, what song did she play? She played uh, The Quest and then she played um, uh, one of those classicals in A minor behind her head, holding it behind her head. <laughs> and she did, and then she did Wipeout holding it behind her head. And like, they put a mic behind her head for those, like, they like <laughs> the music <laughs> teacher had it planned, planned out for her, and, and she did great. And like, I don't know, I was. It was I was proud of her because she's just standing there for like two songs playing to the whole school with it behind her head oh, just her? And she was yeah awesome and she she did really good i mean beforehand i was like uh maybe just play it regular because you know maybe it's kind of gimmicky or something she's like dad everybody plays the regular way all the other kids at school can play ukulele but it's crazy. I don't think any of them have seen her play behind her head because she was saving it. Yeah, she was saving it, and and like <laughs> they were surprised, and like I could see like kids were like, "What?"
3: Yeah, it
0: man. was. Dumb. I mean, you know, it's pretty rock star. That's your girl. Yeah, she she knew what she wanted to do.
1: She knew she knew that it was gonna be like, yes, this ain't no ordinary mm-hmm. uh, wipeout. Yeah, no, so, Just wipe out behind my back. You read, so the, you read the crowd. I had a good.
0: <laughs> week. It was a pretty good weekend too. Um, we had family over here and um had like a little get together and um it was cool
1: beers and food
0: yeah and um more food man i've had like a food hangover on <laughs> sunday but um zephyr zephyr did good so we took him to book off on sunday you know like he didn't take off his clothes or anything <laughs> when we had a, a family gathering the last time like you know the, um, the big window there that, like, overlooks the poolside? <laughs> like, he just, like, I don't know. Some, we were all in that area there uh, outside, and then somebody's like, oh, my God, Zephyr. And then everybody just looks up, and he's, like, standing in front of the window looking out of all, all of us, like, butt naked. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's, like, he's big already. Like, he's almost as big as me, so it's it's not cute. It's kind of, like slightly offensive maybe <laughs> but i'm like zephyr go put on clothes and he's just like looking at me like huh but um yeah he did good this time he well i i should um introduce him he's my 12 year old son with we autism could hear, and you
1: hear it in the background the last one it's pretty awesome
0: yeah he, he's he's, he's, a, he's a little bit different but he was a good boy for dvds because man he's like all about the dvds super <laughs> dvd acquisition syndrome like it's it's almost kind of dark like right after he gets one he's talking about the next one that he wants but we went into um book off you know at, at Ward and um and got him two DVDs. Actually. what is he watching it,
1: these
0: days? um it, it's like a, a mix but a lot of it is like the same stuff he's been into for years I mean he's is it a TV show? Or? No 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 it's like all cartoons oh, just okay. like real okay. like little kid cartoons and a lot of like Thomas the tank and stuff that. You know, it's kind of a, a younger age than you would expect out of a twelve-year-old, but he's just like totally honest. And I mean, the thing with him and the DVDs is like, it's like it, a lot of it is just the case. Like he actually, I could hear Mario Kart. Yeah, he he takes two bags to school, and one of them has like twenty-five DVDs, in it. and like. But it, they let him do that because he he works for it, you know, so if he's good, then during break, he'll get to spend time with his DVDs. And it's trippy because he doesn't even have to really watch, watch them. them. He just pulls them out. He looks at the case and he'll just stare at it for like minutes or start reciting like the lines from it. Wow. And then he'll get all excited and he'll start jumping up and down. It's and like just the just the thought of so that's it that's like if i were to, to grab dimension. a cd i
1: i know i like and just look at the cover and like kind yeah, of rock out yeah, in yeah, my head just like yeah to yeah, it. yeah he's noticed. just like watching <laughs> the movie <clears throat>
0: that's but, awesome. um, so yeah he was super stoked to go to school this week just because of that but i don't know it was it was kind of a, a blowout because like on the way back jen wanted to stop to get um like an iphone stand like tripod stand so that like the video wouldn't be shaky today when we were filming Ami at her talent show oh. and I, I kind of just wanted to go home so I was like well, well you know you always just hold it when she's like it's shaky and then I kind of like took this whole angle of um, you know nowadays it's like we always just have to record everything we can't just like you know sit there and appreciate it and you know live in the moment and I don't know that that, that didn't really go over very well. <laughs> I think I was going through my whole spiel while I was passing Best Buy or something, <laughs> <laughs> and she was kind of mad. But um, yeah, I don't know. Can you really make a woman happy all the time? Yeah. What? <laughs> Screw you, man. Zach's <laughs> just, the only. No, man you're in the right. World. You're right. I, sh- I should have stopped. I should have just stopped. The video was kind of shaky.
2: Zach makes them all happy. The only man in the world can make any woman happy.
0: We got this new segment that we're going to start this week and um, it's called on the
1: internet
0: yeah on the internet so you know it's all true but yeah this is stuff that we found on the internet um, throughout the week that we just thought was either uh, you know ukulele related and interesting or could be related to it in some way or maybe if it's just cool enough, uh, we'll just share it even if it doesn't relate. This week, um, well, a couple days ago, I saw on NPR's Morning Edition um, this interesting article, and it was called, Does the Placebo Effect Influence Consumer Product Purchases? So this guy was doing studies on people's performances when using popular branded products versus not branded. Um, They were both the same, So, like one study was with golf clubs, and they were, uh, they had half labeled Nike and the other half not. And they were all the same clubs, but um, it was interesting. They found that with pros, excuse me, or professionals, um, it didn't really make much of a difference. But with novices, they did significantly better over and over. And it was uh, also the case with some of the mental. Type activities like I think one was with like 3M uh, earplugs versus non branded ones so anyways this study was on the psychological effects of brand names and they said the use of a strong performance brand cause causes participants to feel better about themselves when undertaking a task and have greater task specific self-esteem and this higher self-esteem lowers the performance anxiety and they do better, or, you know, at least the novices did. I guess pros don't really care or don't really need the self-esteem. They're feeling pretty good about themselves already. Like maybe. I,
1: I spent uh, about uh, 50 hours last week just practicing my putting game, so I'm, I think I'm pretty good. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah what whatever. I mean? like give me the club. You can give me a, a stick that has a, just a flat face. I'll put this ball.
0: Right. <laughs> right. So... Anyways, tying it in, I was thinking, you know, maybe part of why you play better on that Kamaka is because it's a Kamaka. I don't know. I think there's, you know, not too much enlightenment to take away here, but I thought it was interesting. And if I did take something away, it would be something about the power of the mind.
1: Well, in the study, it was a Nike club, right? on both yeah so they gave them the same club but it only made a difference for the people who uh who didn't have the skill like a pro does right right so it's like it's still a good product that they're actually using so it's like i wonder if uh if they did it with the opposite a a crappy club but a stock wilson brand but then they they put but they put nike on the wilson brand so that's i think would have been a better way to really get a hold of that then um, you'll have two sides w- rather than just that awesome Nike club, you know, mm. but like, I, mean,
0: I wonder if, if pros like, would be affected if they exactly, thought less. Exactly. Of that.
1: That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Like if they give the pros like the cheapest driver, well, but they said Nike on it, you know, but the pro, pro probably, you know, they know the series, they know how it works. They know like the look of things. So it's like harder to fool a pro, I guess.
0: <laughs> and, and maybe they're more concentrated on the actual game itself
1: right i mean yeah it's it's not just about one i mean it's it's a set of clubs i mean if a set of clubs i mean you're on the tee you're a driver then the next shot you're thinking yeah. you know you got this distance to work with and you grab this club so it'll be interesting to see like well i mean how they really um judge the performance i guess of of the club but
0: well i mean that's what that's what they were judging but i think even like with music if somebody's playing an instrument um that has no name on it, and, and yeah. they're a professional, like, when you're performing, like, none of that stuff matters. No, like, yeah, it doesn't. it's all about the music, and it's all about connecting with the audience. <laughs> it and, matters to you know, so the, the people p- in the crowd. Oh, oh yeah, I, yeah, I, maybe. You know, right, I, right, as but as far as like, as, like, how well they play, no, yeah. it's not like, you know, I mean, you, you, would, you would give it your all no matter what, you know. And I, I guess a novice would, too, but it's just something about having... Something that's known to be uh, a good tool for that right. um, gives them a little bit more confidence and it, it makes a bigger difference, obviously, with people that um, are still getting used to it.
1: Totally. It's, you, know, you don't have that background, so you, you need to trust whatever you, know, you see the other people doing. I saw these, the Tiger Woods uses Nike. Where are you, McElroy? You know, these, the big guys use my, Nike, the cool guys. You, they see the commercials. I mean, it's like, it's in your face all the time. And then, like, they're used to, like, comfort of, like, I've seen this. I need. Mean, you know, I, there's million-dollar
0: commercials about this. This must be good. On the Internet. Now we're going to get into the, the meat of it, you know. or I think we were going to call the it maybe the, uh, the tofu. If
1: for the vegetarian option, it is the, the tofu. We're, we're, we're kind of
0: soft. I mean, not not us, but like, you know.
1: No, we're soft. Dude. <laughs> we're, so, we're so soft. No,
0: we're, we're super hardcore. But, you know, the subject itself in this podcast is, you know, definitely on the light side.
1: Hard, Soft hardcore? Soft core. <laughs> soft
0: core. <laughs> no, no, no. I don't know what we're talking about. But in, uh, in the tofu here, we have four LFDMs that oh, we're going to be looking at today. Luis, um, Luis Fue de Mesquita. I'm I'm not sure if I said that right, but that's what the LFDM stands for. That's his four-part name. You know, LFDM has built classical guitars for many years, and he started building ukes. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure, but I think it was about seven years ago. I he was building for a little while, and then I remember with our first batch, Aratani was still with us, and. Remember, GM music yeah. guy Mike. Yeah, I remember he really liked them, and and um, and I, I I love them. I mean they're deep in sound, the sustain, the feel, a nice balance.
1: I feel like a, I feel like it's a guitar squished that made in, in, into an ukulele. I'm you know not not a bad in a bad way. It's like a good way. Like when I look down, I, I it just feels more like a guitar. I don't know in what way it's like a, more like a solo more so like a guitar.
0: They are slightly wider at the l- lower bout and um and the sound does kind of lean towards the guitar in terms of like the sustain is a little bit better than your average ukulele for sure and just deep uh nice and and he uses guitar woods
1: and he does the zero fret which when we were talking with your dad um about I, that didn't register in my head about it's the signal is going from a fret to the to the saddle rather than bone to bone from nut saddle to the nut. Um, I'm sorry, nut. The nut, actual nut, <laughs> to the to the saddle, which is bone to bone. Now it's going from a fret to bone, right? So it kind of has like that little bit of different tone that I didn't think about until your dad said something about that. Yeah, I mean, I, was, I,
0: was, I mean, I'm not sure to what extent that's gonna.
1: Studies show. <laughs> yeah, that's how we start up
0: off with to seven uh, percent brighter tone. tone from a fret.
1: But it, it makes sense because when you put a capo on, your tone's totally different. That that's kind I mean, of what you're. Sh-
0: you're shortening your scale too. Well, part, that's
1: well, that's kind of yeah. what the zero fret does, right? I mean, no, it, in it, the it, sense of no,
0: it just. I mean, it's it's yeah, it's definitely gonna make a, a little bit of difference because that's the contact point right. versus right. A, a bone. But some people change their bone to harder material, like brass and stuff. <laughs> well, I mean, just to, to I Looms mean who's there. to say what's what's right and wrong because yes, a fret is gonna be a harder material than bone, and so you might lose a touch of warmth, but gain slight clarity. you know, I mean that's it's gonna be minuscule. I that, mean that's getting picky with tone Well no, yeah, but the, but the sound of the instrument, I mean, the way the body is voiced is really what's what's making a big difference there. And if you peer inside the side sound ports. You can see that his bracing is totally different. I mean, it's it's the lattice bracing, so it's very thin braces that are run. I think like for one angle, for the other, and it gives this like kind of waffle look to it.
1: How much difference do you think it would make if he didn't weren't to use a zero fret, as far as tone? Not much. Not much. I
0: mean, not nearly what the difference would be if he used like three fan braces. You know the tone bars that, or you know doesn't have to be three it could be five or you know whatever but i mean it's 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 a more modern classical build style that um that top acts differently i mean it's it's pumping all together from the edges so it's more even distribution of the um support it's just a totally different way of of, uh internal support for the instrument and uh I mean if I ever got back into the building i would be i would be experimenting with it. I think it's got uh well you know i mean there there was a a builder that did the lattice bracing that um we tried before, and we've sold a few of his, and his are also very loud, but they just have more of a um kind of strident abrasive i to my ear like they're loud, but it's almost like not not sweet the way that the LFGMs really have a nice voice i mean yeah, i think cool. they're they're very pretty sounding and and um on top of that they they feel really good they all have i think they all have i mean all of these ones have have the radius fretboard that just has a you know they have nice low action
1: maybe that's also part of the guitar feel most acoustic guitars are radius so another part. yeah
0: i mean he comes from the classical side too I, 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 street, well, I, I know street. he does um, some that are not radius because um, friends have, have ordered from him before without the radius but I just really like the feel of them I mean what, what do you think as far as like the feel and the tone on LFDMs
2: yeah they feel good they're easy to easy to play and everything um, I think I'd I'd be interested to try them without the Aquila strings on them but
0: well the, yeah the last batch don't have what are, what's on it um, South Coast Oh, and uh, they sound good. They feel good too. <clears throat> good. So less work for you. I haven't you. tried
1: them yet. Oh, maybe it's the guitar. He does like the, um, what is it called on the bridge? That like like the gypsy guitar look. Yeah. So maybe, this, maybe that's what I'm. Maybe like part of the guitar experience that when I when I look down I'm like thinking guitar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like this.
0: So they are Selmer um, style like minute miniature summer macaferry guitars that were were used in in all the old gypsy jazz and um the look i mean for, yeah i i have i have one there um in my personal collection on the wall right now i you know i used to think when i first saw them i was like oh that's that's like really different i don't know if ukulele players will like them i mean i i dug it because um we've had a number of the different guitars from um, the McAfari guitars and um I thought it was kind of a cool take on it but you know it basically the Ukulele community embraced these because they sound and they feel great and um and, and they and they look cool too but it's um I think primarily something that people were impressed with tone tone wise. If I have a complaint about the LFDMs it would be the water based finish that he uses which it's an environmentally conscious choice. You know, I can respect that. I shot water-based finish daily for two years straight. And, I mean, it's obvious that it's a less toxic finish. I mean, you're not... I mean, the solvents in, um, you know, regular nitro or even polyester are, are pretty nasty. And then you end up, like, cleaning up with lacquer thinner. Just, like, you know, pretty bad stuff. And, I mean, it's definitely... Better in a lot of ways, but you know, I struggled with it and I eventually went back to nitrocellulose Because it's just I mean first of all, it's just not nearly as Glorious when you're when you're doing the finish in terms of of clarity and transparency And it's so much harder to get that level of, of beauty that for me was you know for years it was like pretty easy for me to get it with nitrocellulose finish with that said, this last batch looks good. It, it it does. It's just, it's still the water base, which I don't think can be totally perfect. But you know, they look good. The woods are beautiful. The design, the feel, the sound, and all of you know the, the whole the whole package to me is like a five thousand dollar ukulele. I mean, it's it's on that level um, of of custom uke that just really sounds and plays great. But to, the finish, to me, is what makes these a three thousand dollar uke. Um, and I mean, a, a, a good value, $3,000 uke versus five. And I mean, I personally, I'll take the better price. I mean, the, the, the sound and the feel and, and even the look for me, like on mine, I have like a Cedar Macassar back in size one there to me is perfect. And and I include look, even though I can find imperfections is because in order to see these things, I mean, you have to be like, what, like six inches or closer to it, staring at it in the right light to to really pick up on these things, and um, that's not really the way that I use it. Th- there's a a price point that I think is fitting. Like if you got a co-lau to the specs that these are, you'd be at about five grand.
1: You mean mm-hmm. as
0: specs as in yeah?
1: How much work it took to get it the binding? No, the no, MP.
0: just like the specs. Like if you got it with. Um, All like the different custom Oh yeah, these, they have um, the side sound port They have an arm bevel They're cut away right, They're yeah. using premium woods um, You guys are looking at mine on the wall But uh, there's four cases behind you there That like oh, have the ones I Yeah. See. I was like, wait, I don't see this yeah. So the, the soundboard wood is going to probably Make up about a good 90% of What your tone is Right um, and then the, the sides, the sides on all four of these are um, uh, Kind of more along the density of, of a rosewood actually the the one has a um, walnut, right? No, actually it, it's a curly mahogany. What that the was Cedar mahogany? top. Yeah.
1: Wow. I never seen mahogany like that ever. I know it's Beautiful. <laughs> it's true. And it's sold today.
0: It did. Yeah.
1: Awesome. We're going to play someone's instrument then. I I know. I'm, I'll be very careful. I won't strum or anything. Oh
0: yeah. Well, it's Eddie.
1: Money. Eddie money.
0: <laughs> My buddy. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, you know he asked, asked me. I was like I was like, yeah, yeah, it's mean, okay, good, but you know I don't really think you need another you, but Oh, come on, man. Everybody well, needs another you. Right. You know, Everybody. E- everything in moderation, including moderation. You know, so some, sometimes you just got to live. Oh, I understand. An ukulele for every beer. <laughs> Look, I just got that uh, spruce top and Pepe last week. Like, <laughs> I need another ukulele. Like, you know, fish hey, needs a bicycle. Yeah, like yeah, I said, it comes along know. with your territory There's
1: for being, you know, the owner of the ukulele. You should have Yeah, yeah. First of all, I think you need more wall hangers. And then... You need You're them. right. Yeah. You're right. I do. You don't have a problem. No, no one will ever think you have a problem.
0: No. Nah. No, you know what? I mean, like, you can turn instruments if you need to. I mean, you don't have to own a store to do that. Like, if, if you collect really nice <laughs> ukes, like, you'll get most of your value back out of them if you really need to. Like, if you need to turn them over. Well, I mean, and you know, even you in extreme a, cases, like, with, like, Chuck stuff, it's, like, a lot of people make money off of you know? It's yeah, but like if
1: I that. bought a Gretsch 9120... I'm not going to be able to Oh, yeah. You don't you
0: don't want to buy anything to, like, try to no, resell right. it unless that's your business, you know? And then you shouldn't even be buying from a retailer. But, you know, with that said, I'm just just like, yeah, there's a lot of investments that don't really go anywhere. Most of the appliances, most of the vehicles, all kinds of stuff, clothes, whatnot, stuff is irrelevant within, like, what, five, ten years or so, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, I've got the... I, I've had instruments, like, over 20 years. They're just as good or better. So, if I needed to sell them... Actually, from the ones that are that old, I, I definitely would make a profit on them, you know? If I wanted to, so... Let me just let you guys, like, play these for a while. Because <coughs> like there's two others here, too. So, let, let's let's bust out, tune up, and, and, and try out and... Tune up! And, uh yeah, assess the different tonewoods here. So we have Carpathian spruce. Um on this one, which is uh Car-par-tio. it's an it's a European spruce, but it's a little bit more um it's a little bit stiffer than like most German spruce and, and European spruce. And and that's why sometimes it's called uh red Carpathian spruce. It's it's, it's more like red spruce in terms of its uh its stiffness and um, projection. Would you say a it stiffer a bit wood is to... a better wood? Well, um, yeah, because to to the weight ratio, yeah, stiffer. <laughs> 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 what you're trying to <laughs> do there? No, Kids but nowadays. no, on the
1: on the real though. I mean, as far as vibration goes,
0: they do give a little bit stronger projection. They do take a little bit longer to fully break in and show their potential, and so um, the Adirondack spruces like on a lot of the really old guitars are like you know just phenomenal um but right off the bat like typically like a Sitka like the one that Joel's holding is gonna be a little bit warmer of a tone um and it I mean the Sitka is the most popular guitar Top wood that there is the most used, the most sitka. popular. Yeah. Sitka I mean, yeah, that seemed spurs. everywhere.
1: Yeah. Every guitar, yeah, Sitka spruce. All through like um, all the ponos, most of them, yeah.
0: <clears throat> no, actually, those are European spruce. Oh. But, um, okay. but yeah, I mean, like Sitka grows all through Oregon and Washington State, up through the western side of Canada, um, same country that LFDM is made but probably a little bit more to the west, and um, Alaska. And it's, yeah, I mean, like, you know, Taylors and Martins and those sort, like, top, top soundboard wood is going to be Sitka Spruce. Um, But But
1: this is, what's that one more time?
0: Carpathian. 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 So that one is, is an Indian rosewood sinker redwood top.
1: Sinker now, does that have something to do with the ocean?
0: No, but um, it does have something to do with it being sunken. Ooh, gotta tune it. So, I mean, the deal with uh, sinker redwood is that it's taken from logs that have been submerged in, in rivers for often over a hundred years. Um, mostly they're in northern California on purpose. Well, I I mean, you know, there's There's times when A tree actually falls into the river From the bank But, I mean, more often than not What it comes from was back in the day The way that they logged Was they would cut them in the forest there And then with the river They would send all of these logs Which, I mean, you know Redwood trees are huge (laughs) You know I mean, ginormous but, uh, as they would cut them, they would end up sending them down the river all at once. And a lot of times one would get submerged. So I mean, it might not be far under, but it, it was missed because well, the thing is they would send it from the river out to the, the bay, you know, for it to be collected and, and, um, resawed and, and sold or used, I mean, that's just the way it went. And so. Um, a lot of them got submerged in, in the river along the way. And and then, um, you know, years later, like a good 20 years ago or so, they started all just like realizing like there's a lot of like really amazing redwood in these rivers that we can pull out. And, and what happens over time, um, as you can see, is, is they're collecting minerals that are coming through the water. And the minerals give them a more... I think beautiful look over time I mean you know Redwood looks really nice anyway but you always see these darker like grays and sometimes even greens or blues going through Redwood that's um, been sunken for many years
3: but yeah that's one of
0: the things I like about Lewis is, is he's basically making mini classicals you know in, in, the, in the sense that like I, I have yet to see an all coa version from him or you know trying to fit in Fit in looks wise or sound wise, yeah, really, in the he, in the ukulele world, standing. he just kind of marches to his own beat, and it's, yeah, it's that's, sweet. And then, that's very cool. F. But but like on the real, like what what would you guys take out of the four?
1: For me, it's just the spruce and the what is that orange color one again?
0: The Coco Bolo. Yes, the Coco Yeah.
1: I like sounds so oh no. For me, I like I look kata. for the brighter more projecting sound. I like a sh- a short attack like with redwood for me, I feel like it masks what I want to play cuz then like um if I'm doing an intricate line do 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 like it just turns into like what is you, you can't pick out the notes as clear as spruce gives you like here's my voice nice and clear and it, you know and it's a shorter a shorter uh, like the note ends faster. Basically, it's less roof. with what a spruce.
0: Oh, <clears throat> it's I like to me, it's that. like
1: it's like what? a yeah because the notes it that that's, I, th- I that think it's just that airy that airy sound that more. you're talking about with redwood is because it's the top a, is breathing right. those notes. It's
2: still hanging in there. If you if you if you recorded each one of them and you had say you got a hundred people, hundred people listen to each one of those sound samples and they say right there, that this tone it sounds like this, sounds like that. And you put them all together you find the patterns in the words that they use to describe that sound, match it up with that wavelength, identify that wavelength and the given terms to it. You take all that and then you do it again with a new group of people. Yep. Then you get a catalog of this many people agree that this specific wave sound at this frequency
1: So this study sounds would like cost... this
2: and you would create a glossary of words describing that sound. <laughs>
1: so when someone, so then everyone would have to agree well, this <laughs> word means this in relation to sound. That, that That's how everyone wants it to be. That way right. it's like this is what I mean.
2: Because it sounds like it sounds like kind of bright, but then there's like this bell yeah, tone so hard. and a bit of ring Exactly, because that's so warm, that's so dependent dark, on how you feel, then, right? Or how you use yeah. words. Like the, your how you we were raised is going to determine what you call <laughs> that sound. Because it's just your own vocabulary and how you think
1: of things. Like I wish every ukulele came with you know like a Pokemon card. Uh, brightness level, boom, seventy-five percent. Mm. Um, overall yeah. projection this many percent it's just, just a bit, as a fact yeah. as a factually because that's what Well, mics, player, mic, the players the players good for. mics
0: come like that right really good mics come with the exact frequency that that one was tested at you know right. and and, 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 and you can see and it varies from mo- you know from exact mic to the same model exact mic they give that you know little printout for each one which to me is kind of a, a joke because like I don't ever really give a crap I mean, like it depends on what room I'm using in it in, and what you know I'm doing with it's that. It's going to react differently. Yeah, you got to you got to be in a real world situation. It may be the same with a with a uke, and, and your world. I just tried to join real and world. <laughs> we real were, world. Real world. Your You're world your world. You're season. Um, You know, is all dependent on where you're playing
1: so basically we've come to the terms that tone is just something we can uh, that's (laughs) objective I I think everyone can agree it's subjective
2: but say ten people agree that this is how this sounds and you hear it differently in the real world as far as you're concerned that what matters to you it doesn't matter what the ten people say because you hear it a different way Right. Like so like the way you hear it. is the way you hear it. Right. If you're writing music for the way other people are going like to hear it, then I maybe lived, you want that input. If I
0: listen to your guys' podcast, then I would be like, ah, I think I need a spruce top. I mean, we've had tons of well, not tons, but we've had quite a few LFDMs come through and look at the one I chose has a cedar top.
2: Mm-hmm. But but I'm right. Well, yeah. No, but my opinion course. is right. The right. Of course, line. to you. Yeah. Right. In yeah. my real world, I'm right. Oh you, you said you,
0: that you are a hundred
2: percent real yeah. world. Rolled. Roll.
0: Don't roll. We we put words together nowadays. Make it easier. Mercurzer. Hmm?
2: Macar Macassar? MacCurzer. MacCurzer.
0: just listening to one of the tracks on Kalei's latest album called These Moments. Um, welcome, Kalei. Thanks so much for coming.
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. So what have you been up to lately? Well, I've been, uh, besides just busy with being busy with the new album, just trying to put together a couple of tours, uh, I actually just got back from one. Um, I went up to Michigan for Mighty Uke Day. And oh, awesome. That was, How was that? That was good. It was great. Uh, that was my first time to Michigan. And um, it was it was amazing because people over there just seemed very very enthusiastic about the instrument, and so I got I got the chance to teach a couple workshops uh, and cover a bunch of things just to help you know give them something that they can take home to help improve their playing, and um, and then we had a couple concerts as as well, and one of the unique things about this was that uh, Kamaka Ukulele flew up with me too. And they were there, and, you know, these people, they were really excited to meet the makers of, you know, the, some of the instruments that they play. And so it was, overall, it was a great experience. And um, coming up um, this month in May, uh, May 24th, twenty five and 28 I'll be opening up for Andy McKee, who's coming to Hawaii. Nice has been he'll be playing at the Blue Note in Waikiki. Great
0: instrumental guitarist.
3: Yeah, I mean that guy's phenomenal. He influenced a lot, a uh, lot me influenced me a lot in my playing. Yeah, and, I can
0: kinda hear that in some of the percussive things you do, especially. Yeah,
3: I mean just he was actually one of like the first um, really guitar players to go viral on YouTube. So besides being a, a you know, a famous musician, he's also a really, really good musician. He's very clean. Um, very in- innovative. I, to me, I, that's what I think. And so I'm excited for that. Uh,
0: Congratulations. Oh, no, thank Where you. Is that at?
3: Yeah, he's like one of my musical heroes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's going to be at the Blue Note at the Outrigger in Waikiki. Oh. Uh, it was the formal uh, former uh, SOS showroom. Mm-hmm. So now they turned it into this nice venue with probably one of the best sound systems in the state. So we've there's been a lot of a lot of acts, like Shaka Khan was there. Yeah, that Bobby is Caldwell. Classic. I mean it was just like insane. Like you got all these big top notch artists coming to Hawaii because it's a great venue, it's a good atmosphere, and everything just sounds amazing in there.
0: Oh, I gotta try to make that show.
3: Oh, oh. I'm gonna try and get the word out. I mean, I know a lot of my musicians' friends uh are gonna be there. Because a lot of us are fans of Andy McKee. (laughs) So it's going to be interesting.
0: Nice. So um, in this discussion today, um, you weren't able to make it last night, but we we had a discussion, um, me, Joel, and Zach, and we're basically discussing different tone woods. So with these four LFDMs um, that I was just starting to show you here, we have four different soundboard woods. And cool. four different uh, back insides. sides. Um, you also brought along five of your own personal ukes. Yeah. So to further this discussion, we're just going to be listening to uh, a lot more ukes with Kalei playing them. We're going to be getting samples and also um, some feedback from him. Um, so we'll start off with the LFDMs. Um, the first one in your hand right now has a Sitka Spruce top. And your sides and back and um let's get let's get a a little sound sample um on each one of these of of, you know something that's like the same thing so that we can compare them
3: yeah sure yeah cool do something let's see
0: Okay, so that one was, a, I'm sorry, a Sitka spruce top, and this one is has a Carpathian spruce top and a bolo sides and back. Let's take a listen. spruce top um and it, it's a little bit of a of a different one they the two instruments had two different sound holes um one in the d-shaped and then this one i think lewis calls uh, uh petite boucher <laughs> i'm not sure if that's right <laughs> french um so calais what what's what's some thoughts on uh the two two instruments that you just tried
3: well the the first one that i played was Very, very deep sounding, and um, because of the different tone woods, like they contrast contrast each other almost like night and day to me. This is what I'm hearing. But well, this one, this one's a little bit more like sparkly, you can hear more highs, you know, but it doesn't lose much of the low end because you know, you got Coca Bolo back in size, which is super dense, it's like a it's related to rosewood, you know. So, I think they're both you know they both sound great but the characteristics between the two to me the first one was more of like sounded really deep and warm and it was slightly louder Uh, and this one um has more of like a u-shaped um as far as like eq or sound frequency goes so you have lows and highs a little bit less mids Mm. but it's still really really balanced Mm. and you don't and one thing cool about the two ukes is that you don't really have to play hard for the sound to come out right which is which is great you know um, yeah, what they, you th- feel, oh, this is nice. this is the
0: first time you're trying LFDM's tenors we had you do a baritone sample uh, a few yeah. weeks back that was a super nice baritone sample. oh that was that was
3: amazing yeah. <laughs> that was fun it's like I, I couldn't put it down
0: <laughs> what's some initial thoughts on the tenors
3: oh uh, they're great, you know it's like one thing um that I really love about, you know, these yooks that I just played is that you can be very, you know, a lot of intricate things. And there's, they have nice sustain, but of course, like the baritone, because it's a bigger body, you know, you have much more sustain and sustain. And it's, you know, usually a deeper tone.
0: And that one was even longer scale and bigger. Yeah, longer
3: scale. Um, the neck felt totally different, you know, and, and these like the the scale length is, is a little bit shorter, but tenors are normally what I'm comfortable playing. Mm-hmm. And they're they're great. You know, these are, uh, they have radius fret boards. Um, you, know, you really don't have to push down. The action is perfect on these. You don't really have to push down too hard. You won't kill your fingers playing them, you know, which is really, really important if you're going to be playing an instrument for hours at a time, you know, right. <laughs> Cool.
0: Well, um, we got two more to try here. So that one has a cedar top. It's actually a really aged cedar. And um, you'll notice some of the wildest mahogany you've probably seen. It's quite curly. It's
3: insane. (laughs) At first I was like, is that uh, mango? All
0: right. So this one has cedar for the top and mahogany on the sides and back. Okay, so um, last one of the LFDM has a sinker redwood top and Indian rosewood sides and back. Let's take a listen. Was the four LFDM first the two spruce, then we had a cedar top, and then uh, the last one you just heard had a sinker redwood top. Kale, what were your thoughts on the first the cedar and then that last redwood?
3: Um, I noticed notice that the cedar and redwood kind of had like this like a similar sound, but this distinct difference. Um, generally, what I noticed between like cedar top. And, and something like that's brighter like a spruce. Cedar tops are most of the times a little bit warmer. you know they don't have that as much trebles or highs as spruces do. Um, but one thing I notice about spruces is that they, they kind of like they really open up over the years and that's when you get that more warmer tone. Hmm. But I think um, when you compare that to like uh, a cedar top, or even like a a Redwood, those those tops normally sound a lot more open uh, when you first get on like you, even if like the back and sides are totally different when you're comparing them to something that has like a spruce top. Mm. um, You have more, I know it's like more um, it sounds more matured, especially in after like a note kind of rings a little bit, you can hear like these different overtones coming from them. Mm -hmm. You know, um, you can tell when you kind of listen to like a spruce top, you can tell the potential of the spruce because you can kind of hear those tones coming out. Uh, But between the two, um, when you in comparison to the Redwood and the Cedar, they both sounded really, really nice because I love the sustain that you get from them right off of the bat. Uh, one thing I liked about the the Sinker Redwood top was that because I'm used to hearing tones from our rosewood ukulele because I have one, and one thing I noticed about rosewood is that normally when you first get them, not all the time they're gonna have like this huge sound because they do have a lot of low and like lows low end body to it, and it's like it's great, and when you balance it out with with something like a, a spruce cedar or even or redwood it it like really brings out the tone out of the instrument um but one thing i noticed between that i liked more on the the sinker redwood was that it was i felt that i could do more intricate things on that ukulele just the way it responded mm-hmm. because you know ukulele sound, or any instrument sounds different in different musician's hand you can take like same instrument and pass it around, uh, you know, between 10 musicians, and you get this different sound. But just the way I attack strings and like, and and the way I play, I think the, the Sinker Redwood um, really uh, came alive, mm. you know, from for me.
0: Thanks for sampling those. We've got some more examples of different ukes. Um, Clay brought down Five different of his personal instruments, and, and we're gonna take a listen to them. So, what do you have first?
3: Uh, the first one I'm gonna show is um, it's a ukulele that a, a good friend of mine in uh, Korea makes. He's a, a custom luthier there, and um, you know his his instruments are are are. Are great. They 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 sound good. I remember I I bought this ukulele over to the the shop in Haliiva, and then Corey was just like, "What is this ukulele?" <laughs> like, I went in to change the strings, and he 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 was like, "Man, this thing sounds awesome!" And I was like, "Yeah, I like it. It's a, it's a mahogany. I think it's an African mahogany back inside, uh, with a I think it's a Adirondack spruce top." Mm. So it's it's a it's a good combo, you know. You can't go wrong with spruce and mahogany because those are probably the most, you know, used woods for guitar and ukuleles right now.
0: Yeah, let's take a look. Is this Jinsu? Yep, oh, Jinsu. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, we had a fan fret tenor from him at one point. I really liked. Okay, so um, spruce mahogany, uh, tenor, and. What do you have on there, like, worth strings or something?
3: Yeah, so um, when I got this ukulele, it had the just the standard worth strings, of the fluorocarbon. And then I was kind of looking for something with more tension, like a higher tension string. Mm-hmm. But I didn't want to just go and change it to, like, um, a regular nylon set because mm-hmm. I kind of thought that the fluorocarbons kind of worked with this ukulele. And so I brought it in, and then Corey uh, turned me on to the, the brown fats. Mm-hmm. Same they're the same brand as the work. Uh just like a a lot higher, heavier gauge string. And just to kinda of like balance out, you know, just the mm. the, the, just the feel of each string, you know, because I didn't want something that's too low tension because when I start digging in it kinda of starts flopping around. Mm. So these kind of help balance the tone out and kinda of brought out like the sound of the ukulele more. Yeah, sounds nice. Oh, okay, let's you. take a listen. Yeah.
0: Okay, so next is in Anui Nui. Yeah. Tell me about this one.
3: So this is a, an ukulele built by Anui Nui, and um, they're a, a Taiwan-based company, and they're they've been around for quite some time. Maybe about the past like six, eight years around there, and so they're when they first started, they they were known for making a lot of like in, entry-level ukuleles for so for those who you know, were wanted to get into it, and you know, didn't want to spend a whole lot of money on getting one. And but recently, they started making um, more um, like higher end ukuleles.
0: Yeah, and, that's a fancy one.
3: Yeah, so this one is actually uh, you have your rosewood back inside, and then the top is spruce. But what's different about this spruce is uh, Swiss moon spruce. So this wood came from Switzerland. And um, I think there's a a unique way that they harvest this wood. Yeah, it, it needs to be the only way you can cut down, or the best time to harvest the spruce up in Switzerland is on a full moon because of the the I guess the humidity or something like that. They they I don't know what it is, but that's kind of like
0: it's when the sap content is the lowest in the
3: wood. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just just something like really crazy about like how the reason why you know like they have to uh, harvest it during a full moon, but that's actually reason the reason why it's called a moon spruce. And what's also unique about this mod- this model that I'm playing um, is you can order it in three different styles, um, not looks but bracing wise. Oh wow! And so the inside is. You know, it plays a big role in how the instrument sounds. So this one is a collaboration with um, a luthier in Japan. And um, he makes really, really, really good ukuleles. Uh, What's
0: his name? Do you remember? I,
3: I can't remember his name. Because it almost he's...
0: looks like Toda type of designs. Yeah,
3: it almost it's kind of around there because they all kind of have like this similar way they build ukes in right, Japan. Right, and he does
0: that um, style cutaway too. Yeah. Full. By the way,
3: But um so you have uh one that's actually he did a collabor- collaboration with two um luthiers in Japan. And so depending on what kind of sound you want, um that's pretty much how the bracing is going to be. Um
0: do you know what the bracing on this one is?
3: You know, it, it might be um something similar to like a X bracing. Okay. Um yeah, they're, they're there's, really and him.
0: that's another thing that Toda also does. Really? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a handful of Luthiers over there that influence each other, but he does—he does like a mini X brace. I mean, it is an X brace. It's just, you know, not, way lower profile than what a guitar would be, of mm. course, you know. But there's mm. a few different makers that have have gone to that, yeah. and um, it, you know, it can sound really good.
3: Yeah, and you know, um, what one thing about this company is that um, a lot of people they get afraid to buy something that's like not made in the U.S. or you know, right. made in Hawaii, you know, like a Taiwan ukulele, you know. Oh. But um, I actually went to their factory and where you know everything's made. So they have two places. Uh, their main shop is located in ta- Taiwan, and then they have uh, a factory in China. And then so I went there and I was just looking at how they build their stuff and you got like some really good craftsmen there. Oh yeah. really know what they're doing. And because I've been good friends with them and I've been working with them when I go on tour like they would sponsor a tour. So like you know what I'll I'll, I'll buy one from you guys. <laughs> so and I was like it, it, it's a good you could it, it yeah. it's built well. I mean it's it's it, not it, no it light looks, it looks weight. fantastic. It, it doesn't weigh you know in in weight wise, it's not really light. It, this thing feels like a tank, <laughs> mm. and you know it has, it has a nice sound to it. There one thing I know that's really um, I'm familiar with in their ukuleles is that they they have like this crazy sustain. Ah, so nice. that's one thing I, I really liked about it. But
0: let's take a listen. This is um, yeah a s- moon spruce top and uh, oh, it's rosewood it's Indian. Yeah. Indian Rosewood back insides.
3: Indian inside.
0: Okay, so that was uh, a Nui Nui. Is that like their custom shop or?
3: Yeah, it's part of their their custom shop uh, models. Right,
0: And, you know, like you said, um, or like you were kind of saying that great things can be made anywhere. And Mm -hmm. of course, we all know that, you know, people of all different races are capable of being amazing craftsmen. And um, those guys are doing it, you know, holding it down, showing us what um, Taiwan, you know, can do. And uh, I think that you shows uh, an excellent value, just like everything that comes from there, because something that custom and that nice made here would be a heck of a lot more, you know.
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah. So,
0: um, you know, I I think we're going to look at getting one of uh, the models like that to show people on the ukulele site too so stay tuned for that so what's up next
3: uh, right now i in my hands i have a, it's a kamaku ukulele uh what's different about this one is that um you don't really see too much all mahogany yeah. out there this ukulele is just one that i've actually been holding on to um just in case you know something kind of happens to my my workhorse ukulele and i wasn't i didn't want to like get like another all custom just for it to be a backup you know so nobody was using this ukulele and it was kind of like more of an experimental uke because um the bracing on this one is a little bit heavier the the yeah, cut on this wood that. is like a lot thicker mm. than you probably would you know see on an, another ukulele but tone wise it's i i liked it because like i like the sound of mahogany ukuleles Mm -hmm. and it doesn't have as much projection as my other ukes and um it's still opening up but you know i i learned to kind of appreciate um and hear different you know sounds from different woods like tone woods especially and so this is one that i kind of Play a lot at home. <laughs> mm. I mean, if if the listeners could see it, um, I've played this quite a bit, and there's there's some scratches and some smudges everywhere. But yeah,
0: it's looking pretty vintage.
3: Yeah, <laughs> I need to clean the frets and everything. I I'm, I'm horrible at like keeping. But it's
0: interesting that you, I mean, aren't tied to a certain wood. I mean, we're we're talking about yeah. different tone woods, and a lot of times people are trying to decide, but I'm. I'm kind of like the same way in that um, it's not like I've found one that's going to do everything that I want or that I prefer for everything, you know. It's like you pick up um, one instrument and it's going to inspire a different sort of, you know, uh, play from you. And um, that's one of the beauties of variety, you know. And um, so this one is all mahogany and all mahogany kamaka tenor yeah, with Coa binding around the top mm-hmm. and Rosette. and uh, let's hear it. sweet
3: it has a, a really nice warm mellow tone yeah. to it uh like volume wise it's still opening it's still getting there but um it's it's a mahogany always has like this balanced sound to it. right to me in fact because um out of like all the ukuleles that i've played and over the years no matter what you know what what brand it was i think almost most times i'll always try and go for like the all mahogany ukulele before i go for an all koa all mango or you know because they're really really consistent right and um
0: yeah you can really hear it on that one yeah and it it makes for a perfect sound for st- stuff like you were mm. you know that that's sort of a i guess i guess you know it's pretty versatile too i mean you can do anything with it but um it it sounds like it's got nice sustain too and, and a a nice ring to it. Definitely balanced, you know, you don't get any dominating bass tones. You don't Mm. get any, um, harsh, uh, higher, you know, notes jumping. Yeah.
3: It's kind of like a flat, like, yeah. Sound like, um, if you look at it frequency wise. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that one was an all mahogany, uh, Kamaka tenor, and um, you know we're listening to different tone woods here. And and what would a tonewood discussion uh, with ukulele be without Hawaiian koa? So uh, what what's up next? Clay? So
3: this ukulele that I have right now is a it's a Kamaka HF3 tenor. It's a it's a stocked um, koa tenor that you know, a lot of people have. And this is actually the only all koa ukulele that I have. <laughs> I all, the rest of my ukuleles all have multiple woods on them, especially spruce or cedar. Uh, my first ukulele that my dad bought me was actually a, a custom. Uh, it was a super concert with a koa back and sides and a spruce top made by Lauren Yoshimura. Uh, his ukuleles were called Uyulani and yeah, but this one in particular is kind of like the ukulele that i take around with me to family parties to the beach kind of anywhere where i wouldn't want to take a my custom ukes you know even though this is not you know it's definitely not a cheap ukulele that should be left around you know and taken to you know just anywhere but for me as a as a player i really appreciate like a good quality instrument you know when i'm playing yeah, So i it, i just enjoy having this around
0: yeah i mean it's it's going to give you everything that you need you know it's just yeah. a pretty you know the hf3 is a lot more simple and look you know than your yeah i mean it's,
3: it, i if i'm going to take an ukulele all around with me you know and play it in public con you know all the time Especially when I, if if I'm not performing, then I rather have something that you know looks more simpler. Mm-hmm. You know, doesn't look, doesn't scream oh, steal me. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's even though you know. Yeah, you, like you, the way that your custom is. Yeah, like even if Avalone you just
0: going around the top and was, yeah. even
3: if like you bring like any kind of all coa tenor out, you know, a lot of people are going to be staring at it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter like what brand, there's brand it is. You many know, people <laughs> that would, uh,
0: happily steal that.
3: Yeah, I mean, just coas <laughs> is valuable in general, but you know. what what do you what do you hear differently in a a koa instrument you know koa is a very traditional sound you know especially here in the islands like uh, everyone grows up and is used to hearing a koa ukulele koa yukes are used in a lot of recordings you know for hawaiian music uh even when i was playing ukulele when i just started playing ukulele in fact you know you had the call cradle boys you know mm-hmm. troy fernandez was playing all cool you you know he was playing a sunny d mm-hmm. and then you know, there's just but nowadays there's just you know a lot of there's still a lot of core cool use out there but there's also a lot of brands so you got all these different sounds mm-hmm. coming out of the same type of wood
0: oh, that's true i mean yeah. it's like we're we're talking about um you know the woods, but I think there's even a, a bigger difference when you're comparing one maker to the next. Oh yeah. In terms of sound, like yeah, definitely they have this uh, overall voice, and then it's mm-hmm. kind of colored by the woods that they're using. But a lot of times, even you know, the thicknesses that they take it and how they they voice it's gonna oh, yeah. vary to be able to be in line with what they're going for sound wise. Yeah,
3: because. Uh, every luthier has like their own bracing that they prefer right even if you know some may use you know like a they call it the same bracing like you know X bracing or fan bracing but even if like three luthiers use the same type of bracing it doesn't mean they brace it the same
0: oh yeah no yeah, like
3: they'll sand it down a mm-hmm. little bit more or there's the shape of it yeah, yeah some the of the them will combine different yeah. you know woods for bracing you know rather than just your your normal like yeah some, or going spruce
0: thicker or thinner on the top and then yeah. adjusting from your bracing <laughs> I mean, some of even like leave
3: spaces it. in between you know like on some spots mm-hmm. you know the poke holes in the bracing, you know, mm-hmm. just to give it a different weight or, you a different sound. Them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's a, there's a whole lot of stuff you can do. But you, you know, one of the things I really like
0: about you is how, um, you're not necessarily married to one, um, one feel and wood and, you know, yeah. you, you know, you're, you're a Kamaka artist mm-hmm. and that's what you, um, perform and record with. But even in, in your personal collection, you have a bunch of other makers that you find joy just in you know being able to get different sounds out of um and you know maybe slight differences but yeah. it's something that can even inspire something you wouldn't have maybe created um without um having it you know
3: yeah i mean like with kamaka like the the ukuleles that i i get from them reason why I, I play one is because it allows me, I play kamakus because it allows me to do everything I need to do when I'm playing you know, when what
0: what do you mean what do you mean by that
3: so for an example uh, just the way when i the way I, when I attack strings um I'm always looking for this certain sound like there needs to be like this certain place within tone and volume that I like to be and where I'm comfortable at because um I think that's important because that because touch is always important mm-hmm. when you're when you're playing a song. Is it, then,
0: it, would you describe um it as a balance?
3: It's very balanced mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I've tried a lot of um many other brands and you know, one thing that's really cool about being able to play different ukuleles aside from what I perform with is that I'm able to hear all these other tones that are you know, are coming out of different instruments and there's sometimes there's these sounds that I can't, I can only get from those. Mm -hmm. And, but there's always, I always end up finding myself coming back to what I normally perform with because, um, I'll find like an instrument that will be able to do all the Like this, this cool thing that I think is like just awesome. I'll be able to get this sound that I will never be able to get from the ukuleles that I, I own right now. But then I wouldn't be able to do this other thing that I'm used to to with what my workhorse yukes right. are able to do. So, so it's as, more just as, finding a balance. You know, This is just my perf- personal right. thing as a player. Because you have a lot of s- stuff where
0: you're attacking pretty heavy. You yeah. Know, it's got to be able to hold up.
3: Yeah. yeah. I don't like my action like super high. Oh. I don't definitely, you know, it can't be too low because when I dig in and that's when it starts like you know, string buzzing and all this right. kind of stuff. And then I, I like a certain type of string set and it works better, you know, and just all this other, these tiny things that uh-huh. most people, you know, really probably wouldn't matter to most people, but for someone who's always performing is just what I prefer. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's tools yeah. of the trade and you want oh, to be yeah. able to show up and feel comfortable yeah. that when you plug in, you're yeah get the sound that you're going for.
3: But what I think is important is that um, I know a lot of musicians; they they tend to just only want to play one type of instrument, you know, like one well, yeah, mic, yeah, you know. And um, you know, that's fine, you know, that's cool and all. But I think knowing and educating yourself, like just knowing what's out there and what people are doing with instruments and how you know every luthier is constantly getting better and better. I mean, you have Everybody has like their favorite luthiers, but those luthiers they're not gonna stop and just stay there where they're at right now. Everyone's always looking for ways to improve their, how their you know their craft, right? You know, being able to, to just pick up an instrument and kind of adjust to how that instrument's voice, that's a that's actually a challenge for most in, uh, musicians mm-hmm. because. You you have the you pass on the same ukulele between ten mus- musicians and you have ten different sounds. It's true. Yeah, and oh, but I I like picking up instruments that I've never played, for, you know, before and trying to bring out you know that specific instrument's voice. And that's
0: well. a a talent in itself. I mean, everything you pick up when you do sound samples sounds great. It's like so having that. Um, ability to adjust and find Mm. you know uh, I mean you don't even really like look for long as far as finding what works with it you you kind of pick up an instrument and you just the idea just pops in and bam
3: it's more of like when I pick pick it up it's and I start playing it I realize that I'm like going places with you know how I in my music that I've never been before Mm. and so um it's kind of like the ukulele is kind of like the vehicle that takes yeah. you know the song to you know new places. And even though a lot of times like I love to just make up something that I feel that would match the instrument that I'm playing. Um if I didn't pick up the instrument I wouldn't have came up with that. Yeah. You know, that that's that's that is I think that's a lot of fun because I can play all the instruments I have at home, but because I'm used to hearing those those ukes you know i i tend to play a certain way on each of them ah uh,
0: yeah i mean that's exactly how i am with with my ukes i'll pick up one and then um like if i'm making up something on one and then i pick up another uh it oftentimes it's like i don't know it just doesn't seem like it's it's uh it's right for that one you know but yeah. then i'll start playing something else that would be vice versa and it's just that different instruments and the tones that they're creating maybe something about the feel even they just bring out um different different creativity that um maybe you wouldn't have come across if uh if you didn't have it so oh yeah we're um taking a listen to i guess part of your collection here right yeah this, I mean, is, this is a portion of i
3: i have a number of ukuleles but i have a lot of friends that have way more <laughs> instruments than i do i think i probably have like nine or ten yeah you know different ukes ranging from like soprano concert to tenor oh cool um but you know i have other friends that have like you know 20 yeah and, and up. i'm just like wow those are good friends yeah those are good friends <laughs> i was like geez i gotta catch up yeah. but <laughs> are you yeah you're young uh, i gotta invest time. in more instruments you know <laughs> uh,
0: hey, you were telling me you wanted to get a baritone next
3: yeah i, was, uh, I really want to get a baritone i don't have a baritone and i you know i i think that would be an awesome addition to what i have at home because i would like love to write a song yeah Specifically for a baritone, should get an
0: LFDM baritone.
3: Oh, that would be pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm enjoying the tenors right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, ta-
0: let, let's let's take a listen to this all Koa Kamaka tenor. This is your regular HF three, and um, we're we're listening to different ones of Kalei's personal ukes here. So this one is the one that he takes to parties and gatherings, and um, doesn't have to be quite as paranoid as his custom. <laughs> Tenor from Kamaka, and I um, what D'Addario strings.
3: Yep, cool. D'Addario strings. <laughs> yeah.
0: Those are the Pro Art.
3: Pro Arts, yes.
0: Cool, and uh, I guess the last one is is uh, your signature.
3: Kamaka? The last one. Well, right now my uh, my custom yuk is being worked on. Oh, okay. But the last yuk is the ukulele I got from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh cool the cedar top the cedar top okay <laughs> when I strummed this ukulele I was like oh my god like I wasn't expecting that it's big yeah it has a it has a nice sound to it it was just you know just for something that because you know, like anybody can order this model mm-hmm. you know and so it caught me by surprise because I mean you you probably noticed this too like with any brand of youth like you you have like when you have um a certain order of ukuleles that come in you have like maybe a couple of the same tenor you know model of right. tenor and then one of them just tends to stand out yeah so I'll, when i picked this up i was like wow it, it sounds like a, a custom <laughs> like a full mm-hmm. fully custom you know even though it kind of is a custom you' it's a semi-custom yeah but it has that really Like complex um, overtones. Yeah, yeah. it was very warm, um, very punchy. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow. So, uh."
0: I mean, I find kamakas to be very consistent. They're Mm -hmm. like, they're all good. But, you know, it's true. It doesn't matter how um, on point a, a company is in trying to, you know, produce consistent products. When you're dealing with woods, the cellular structure, even. Even within the same tree can vary, and there's just slight differences. And, you know, I mean, it's cool when you can uh, try one that really speaks to you. Oh, yeah. So this one has a western red cedar top, curly koa sides and back. And um, let's listen to its sound. To record that in the studio, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so I, th- I thought so. I mean, I really love how your new album um has a, a really pure sound to it. Oh, thank you. You know, it it's like uh, there's been a lot through the years that I just thought were just way too doctored up, mm. or just like you know the effects or verb are just kind of like
3: yeah
0: showing themselves too much. You know, and it takes away from you know a lot of what makes people love this instrument is this natural sound, you know, it's, it's pure acoustic tone. And, um, I thought that came through really nicely. I think you recorded, uh, at Bob's studio. There. Yeah.
3: And, uh, Not too Bob's far away from John here. Payne. Yeah. Kind of right up the road. Yeah.
0: And, um, I just want to say thanks so much for coming down, uh, you no. know, like always, like we, we really love to hear you play. And, and and get your thoughts on some of these different woods, and and uh, to get to listen to some of the different ukes that we haven't haven't really heard that are in your collection there. So, many mahalos from us. Uh, this is the Ukulele Review podcast, and um, we're going to be doing this once a week. So hopefully we'll have Kalei on again. Thanks, man.
3: Oh, thank you for having me.